Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and you are my People of the Book. Can't believe we have reached the final show of the year, and I am absolutely thrilled to have as my guest. Really, this is a coup. I'm excited. He is dancing on the other side of my Zoom camera. It's Devin Bruff. Devin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be spending time with you today. And I'm really chuffed that you had the time to to give to me this morning. And for you, the listener, if you don't know who Devin Bruff is, believe me, when January arrives, you are going to hear him everywhere. You're going to see him everywhere because Devin Bruff has been selected by Exclusive Books as one of their top books. It's on their refresh list for January 2022. This is one of the books that you want to buy for 2022. And if you haven't already seen it, it's already on the shelves. It is everywhere. So if you haven't seen it by now, you will see it. You will hear him. Remember the name. Remember fame. Remember the name. Remember the name, Devin Bruff. So just to give you some background, um, Devin Bruff, you know what rock bottom is like. Give us a brief nutshell background. What led you to writing this book? And the book is called, just okay. by the way, Get Over It. Over It. It's over. O-V-A. Tell us what the book is about. Perfect. So I just wanted to create a blueprint that any person could use to get over pain, challenges, and obstacles that keep them stuck. Because if there's one thing that I know through my own experience is that when we feel stuck in life, it creates tremendous amounts of pain and even suffering. And I was born into a family of overachievers. My grandfather was a a scratch golfer, a springbok rugby player. He was a famous obstetrician. He rented a whole fleet of private planes to the Air Force. So I grew up in a family with a lot of money, but not a lot of love. And my mother had the all-girl band called Clout. She was one of the co-founders. So Clout sold 16 million albums around the world that hit songs, Substitute, Save Me, traveled pretty much over 130 countries. So when I was born, I felt like I had really big shoes to fill. And nobody was putting this pressure onto me except for myself. So growing up, my biggest fear was the fear of being inadequate. And our ego, that is not really our amigo, is actually there to protect us from our fears. So I became manipulative, divisive, and dishonest in order to win at all costs. Because my internal narrative said, hey, If you win at all costs, you can't be inadequate. And I had this other subconscious belief that in order to be deserving of love, I needed to be wealthy. And this was just through my childhood experiences. By the time we hit the age of 30, so much of who we are has been crafted by our childhood and especially the traumas. So abandonment, rejection, abuse, betrayal, or even disapproval, small amounts of disapproval can teach a person that as an adult, you need to constantly work to be deserving of somebody's love. So in childhood, all of these patterns form. And as an adult, we have the responsibility of unprogramming these patterns. And that's really what the book is all about. OVA stands for ownership, vision, and action. 
And ownership is probably the most important because if you haven't really taken ownership of your past and if you haven't dealt with the toxic emotions that can keep you stuck, you can't really move on to crafting a big vision for your life. Because if you're feeling like you are undeserving, unworthy, not enough, you're not going to be able to dream big. And then you definitely can't move on to the third pillar, which is action, you won't feel empowered or inspired to wake up in the morning and take action. So ownership is the most important pillar of saying every experience has been the perfect experience I needed to have to get where I am today. And I teach readers how to let go of the foremost toxic emotions, which are anger, resentment, guilt, and shame, because the relationship we have with ourself, how we see ourselves affects every other area of life. So taking radical ownership of your past and where you are today. And if you are stuck saying, hey, taking ownership, I am stuck. I'm not going to blame or complain. I know that I am 100% responsible for getting myself out of the space. Moving on to crafting a vision that gets you excited to get out of bed in the morning, a vision that's authentic to you, not your parents' vision, not a vision of what your partner thinks you should do. Also think about who do you want to be as a person. And then that is where you want to be. And the thing that connects where you are now to where you want to be is taking massive action. And that's setting up discipline, peak performance habits, rituals and routines that can set you up for a for success. And I really just believe every person is deserving of living a life that is on purpose and filled with joy and love. Wow, that was an amazing nutshell version. You are listening to People of the Book, and I am chatting to Devin This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. This is People of the Book and it's the final show of the year. Today we are chatting to Devin Bruff. We're talking about his book, Get Over It. Devin, before the break, we were talking about what OVA stands for, O-V-A. It's about ownership, vision and action. And I mean, I want to get into that um, a bit later on. I mean, you spoke about the family you come from. You spoke about, I mean, you, you really did, you hit, you hit rock bottom and give us, give us a little bit about your, your actual personal story. What, what actually happened to you? I mean, obviously we want people to buy the book, but what actually happened to you that, that led you to, to writing this book that led you to this point? Because I mean, you weren't always this version of yourself. I mean, obviously, uh, the, the man we see today was not always like this. And, um, you know, things happen to you and, and we are our, um, the version of our experiences. What actually happened to you? I grew up in Germany. So uh, shortly after I was born, my parents moved to Germany. So I, I had a European upbringing. At the age of 12, my parents separated. And my brother, my mother, and myself, we moved back to South Africa. Now, I didn't have a very present father from the age of 12. And even in my childhood, my parents used to have quite violent fights, a lot of screaming, breaking of bottles. And as a child, you feel like everything is your fault. We don't have the ability to rationalize experiences that we're having. So whether it's uh, abuse, abandonment, rejection, whatever it is, we feel like we are responsible. So my inner child felt shameful that my parents had separated. I now had a dad who wasn't really playing a role in my life. So growing up, I became addicted to seeking external validation and affirmation because all I, all I craved on a deep level is a father who was just going to say, I'm proud of you. And sometimes what we are not giving to ourselves, we start looking for in the world. So 
again, it was very aligned with me wanting to become wealthy because my belief was I can only be deserving of love if I have a lot of money, having observed my parents, my grandfather. So in my 20s, I was always an overachiever. But an overachiever, you you would think is a good thing. But I was an overachiever purely because I needed the affirmation of others. I needed people to tell me how amazing I was. And with my behavior of being manipulative, divisive, and dishonest, and really walking over people in order to uh, grow my business or to gain more money, I picked up the habit of alcoholism and addiction. And for me, that was my escape. That was my coping mechanism because I felt so guilty and shameful for how I was behaving. I was harboring so much anger and resentment towards my parents. And I just felt like a victim. I felt hard done by. I was bullied incessantly in high school because I was two years uh, younger than most of the kids here because the German education system is much higher than South Africa. So I skipped standard five and six and I went straight from standard four into to standard seven. This also affected my ability to connect with men as an adult because abandonment from my father, bullied by all the guys in high school, my limiting belief was men are not safe. Men are going to abuse me. They're going to betray me or abandon me. So looking back, it's all of these patterns that formed in my young childhood ages that I had to do a lot of the work now to get rid of them. And only at the age of 33 had life really brought me to rock bottom. During my 20s, at 22 and 26, I tried to commit suicide. Just the person I had become, I looked in the mirror with absolute self-hatred. As an alcoholic, I was an abuser. I was physically abusive. I was emotionally abusive to my partners. And I'm so anti-abuse. But when I had consumed alcohol, it was almost like a demon-possessed version of myself took over. It wasn't me. And I had to learn now in my healing and recovery that 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 is not who I was. It was how I behaved under the influence of alcohol. So for me, I could never sit in a room that was quiet or drive in a car where the radio wasn't blurring because my own thoughts were so self-destructive. And maybe some of your listeners relate. We are our own worst judge, our worst critic. We're not our best friend. So sometimes when we make a mistake, we will say, I'm stupid. What an idiot. We will belittle and degrade ourselves. And we really break down our own sense of self-worth. And I always ask when I teach my workshops, I say, how would you speak to a 10-year-old who's made the same mistake? You'd be kind. You'd be compassionate. But when we're dealing with ourselves, we feel that being harsh and saying, oh, I'm going to make sure I punish myself, that that's going to prevent us from doing it again. But it actually keeps us locked in the cycle where we feel undeserving, unworthy, and not enough. And that is really what I want to help people break out of. Because at the age of 33, life had finally brought me to my knees after six months of just drinking drug benders. I had a six day um, crystal meth, cocaine and cat bender. And just on day six, uh, I was completely delirious. And my brother showed up at a house in Cape Town where I was, and I just burst into tears. And that for me was my moment of going, I don't have another suicide attempt in me. If I do it again, I'm going to do it properly. And I didn't want to die. I wanted help. And for the first time, I threw up my hands in surrender and I said, I need help. And at 33 years old, I flew down to the Cedars in Scopra and I went for four months of inpatient rehab treatment. And that four month period changed my life because when I arrived on the steps of the Cedars, I was receptive to learn. I was prepared to do whatever it takes. I wasn't just going to, you know, hide away from a mess that I'd created. I genuinely, my desire for change was so much greater than my desire to ever stay the same. And I was done with hating myself. 
And after those four months, um, I went in October 2016. I came out January 2017. I spent Christmas and a New Year in a rehab facility. And uh, my counselor asked me in January, what are you going to go do? And I said, I've always wanted to be in luxury property. I'm a great salesperson. I can sell ice to an Eskimo. And I'm going to turn over a billion rand in the property space. And my counselor looked at me and he said, that's your disease talking. It's grandiose. It's larger than life. And I said, sure. But if I channel the same obsession into something healthy and good, I know I can do it. And in my first year, I structured over 770 million rands of transactions in the luxury property space and went on to build one of the biggest new development businesses with Chaz Everett during 2019-2020, the two toughest years in property. Today, I develop luxury property myself. I consult on sales and marketing for some of South Africa's biggest developers. But more than just the financial reward, it's the reward of loving who I am, knowing I have so much value to add to people's lives that I love the people around me and I love what I do every day. So I find so much contentment and if I look back and you ask me five years ago, do you ever think you'll get to that point? It, it wasn't even, you know, the, the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel during my addiction and alcoholism may as well have been a freight train heading straight towards me. I felt so hopeless and didn't see a way out. But now the darkest times that I ever went through, that can now be a light for someone else who's still suffering. A listener or a reader of the book who goes, I feel so stuck in my relationship so stuck in my career. I hate that I keep turning to destructive behaviors and habits or patterns of thinking. So my message is very simple. There's nothing special about me. And if I could do it, so can you. And here's the blueprint that I followed. And I think that for my listener, I think that they will hear from the passion that you speak with, that it's obvious that that you feel so, so very passionately about this book and about the methods that you've used that you can help others. And that this is, I mean, when I met you, I love that you said that you've created a message from the mess that you were yeah. and the mess that your life was. And I, I just love that. And that's exactly what you've done. And I know that you say that, that you are, you're not special, but I think that you are. You've got a spark in you and that spark lights something in other people. And I think that's what I you're going to do with this book. I love that. But I think we all have that spark. And when we look at our stuff, so often we turn away from pain. If something is painful, if there's a challenge or an obstacle, we turn away from it. Our brain is not conditioned for growth and change. Your brain, the primitive part of your brain, just wants to keep you safe. And keeping you safe means keeping you stuck in familiar patterns because whatever's familiar is known and it's safe. So if you've been miserable your whole life, if you've been depressed your whole life, your brain doesn't want you to be happy. So we all have that spark, but to ignite that spark is a decision, a decision that I do not want to be this way anymore. And I think the, the biggest message is that we are a hundred percent responsible for the way we think, for how we feel and how we act. And we can't change any situation or event. I can't go back to my childhood and change the fact that my parents separated. No one can go back to molestation, abuse, any severe traumatic event that they've gone through. But what I can tell you is you have absolute power to change your narrative. We are the storytellers of our own life. And we can't just write future chapters. We can go back and rewrite a chapter by changing our perception because perception is everything. And when we change our perception to an experience, we change the meaning. And when the meaning changes, our thinking changes. 
Thinking thoughts are the language of your mind. Feelings are the language of your, your body. Your thoughts determine your feelings. So if you change your thought towards the situation, your feeling changes too. And this is how when we say you've got to let go of these emotions that don't serve you, it's not like you shake your hand and the emotions fall off, but you can transform anger and resentment to compassion and love. You can transform shame and guilt to self-compassion, to use that darkness as a light for someone else who's still suffering. So it's all wrapped in vulnerability, connection with others, and using your mess to have a positive impact on someone else. And that's that's the purpose of pain. If you have been through anything that's painful, you have a blessing and a responsibility. Your blessing is you can touch someone else's life who's still stuck. And the responsibility is to help them. And sometimes helping someone is just by sharing your story. Absolutely. I'm Janice Leibovitz, and I'm talking to Devin Ruff. This is People of the Book. I love it when you this is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book, and today I'm talking to Devin Bruff. We're talking about his book, Get Over It, O-V-A, Ownership, Vision, and Action. Devin, you're talking about events and how we perceive them, and in your book you say that every single event, no matter what we make of it, I mean, how we dramatize it, how we feel about it, every event is actually neutral. It's just how we perceive it. There's a lovely quote uh, in Hamlet in Shakespeare, which says, there is nothing good or bad. Thinking makes it so. So it's the thoughts that we attach to any event that that make it good or bad. And um, my performance coach, Sam Cowan, she had a little uh, tool that she used. Uh, She asked me to pick up a glass of water and she said, tell me three good things about the glass. And I said, well, uh, this glass is quite short. It's quite steady and it's got quite a big rim. And she said, great, tell me three bad things about the glass. I said, well, I actually quite prefer a taller glass. Uh, it's also a bit too heavy as a glass. And I had a, a third thing that I didn't like. So she said, so what is the glass? You've given me three good things, three bad things. What is it? And the lesson was, it just is. Any event or experience is whatever we are going to make out of it. And a beautiful story is the story of Jack Ma. So Jack Ma... In his early business days, he um, just had successive failure after I just failure. Want to interrupt. After. I just want to interrupt you, and I want to tell my listener, pay close attention. This is a fabulous story. Right, Devin, carry on. So Jack Ma had successive failures in his early business life. He was living in China. He applied to Harvard 10 times and got rejected 10 times. He applied to go to the police academy because he wanted to be a policeman, and out of about 600 entrants, he was the only person who was rejected because they didn't think physically he would cope. When KFC came to the country, 24 businessmen applied. He was one of them. 23 businessmen got the license. He was the one person who did not get a KFC license. So failure after failure after failure. Jack Ma went on to start this little website called Alibaba, which became the biggest business-to-business portal across the globe. At one point, Jack Ma was worth over 600 million US dollars. He was the richest man in China for about 10 years. His company, Alibaba, had a valuation over one point, was one of the biggest businesses that existed. Now, if you look back at his story, what would have happened if he got a license to run a KFC? What would have happened if he got selected to go to Harvard or into the police academy? His whole life would have 
ended up very different. He may have been selling chicken and would have built a big business, but he definitely would have gone on to be the richest man in China. So every single experience is the perfect experience that you need to have. And sometimes hindsight is twenty twenty. When we look back, we can say, ah, that's why that situation happened. But in the moment, we can't see the wood for the trees. So immediately as humans, we become anxious, stressed out. We want to, our brain's response is to fight. So to fight the situation, not accept that it's happening. To flight, which is run away. So we turn and run or we freeze. So we're so crippled in our anxiety and stress that we are unable to do anything. And what I teach every person is that your life will take on so much joy and happiness when you allow things to flow. If you meet somebody and you love that person, but they don't love you back, that is okay. You have to allow it to flow. You can't force it. You can't coerce it. Anything that is meant for you will always come to you. And whatever is not meant for you will find a way to leave. But fighting, forcing creates so much drama, so much stress and anxiety that when we flow, that is when life magically creates around. When I met you, you spoke about people who don't like to read. There are a lot of people who don't like to read. Lay the book out in a very specific way. Talk to me about that. So the first few chapters are very short. Chapter one is three pages. Chapter two is two and a half pages. And the reason why I did this is I wanted any reader, even if someone is not an experienced reader, if they've never read a book before, they will feel a sense of progress. And this, again, it speaks to what the book is all about. We, as humans, we have this evolutionary need to grow, to move forward. We want to feel momentum. So when you pick up a book and the first chapter is 30 pages, you're overwhelmed and you don't finish that chapter, immediately you start with a negative loop of, I'm useless, I'm not enjoying this, I'm going to put it down. But as you start to read three pages and that's a chapter and I've got questions at the end of each chapter. So at the end of a five-minute reading session, you've already got core questions that you can uh, ask yourself. You've already got some homework to do. So it gives you a real sense of forward movement, progress, and just just feeling, hey, I can do this. And as I build through the book, the chapters get a bit longer. It gets a bit more intense, but I really ease readers into the book. So if you've never picked up a book, you will actually enjoy this process. And you'll feel a sense of accomplishment moving through the book as well. Also with the short chapters and these action steps. And you do um, ask your readers, you know, get a notebook, have a pen handy, work through the action steps so that you do get that sense of accomplishment. Tell me, we've we've spoken about this um, ownership and the vision and the action. What happens, it's, it's usually inevitable, when you're working on yourself and you're working through something, you reach a point where you, you sometimes plateau or you, you find that you have some setbacks. How do you suggest that people deal with that? As you say, people reach a point where they go, I'm useless, I'm not doing this, or I'm not doing it right, or I'm not getting anywhere, even though they are not able to look back and see where they've come from, which is why it's often a good idea to have that book, work through the action steps where they can look back and see where they've come from and have that sense of accomplishment. But how do you suggest that they deal with those setbacks And I mean, because it's inevitable, they do happen. Absolutely. So one of the keys is building up resilience to setbacks. The first idea that I want to plant is that there's no such thing as a rejection. There's just a redirection. So every no is leading you to a greater yes. 
So sometimes when a door closes, we stand in front of that door and we try desperately to push it open. So again, we're fighting or forcing. Instead of flowing and walking down the corridor where there's another door which is standing wide open. So understanding you're not being rejected, you're being redirected. And I've seen in my life, I pitched uh, when I had a digital agency for the Stormers camp. uh, I wanted to do the the Western Cape Stormers franchise. We were shortlisted. We didn't win the pitch and everybody was so disappointed. Three months later, an agency asked us to join them in pitching for another rugby team and we won. So for three years, we worked on the Springbok and Sevens campaign. So our vision had been to win the Stormers, to do a provincial team, but there was a bigger plan for us to be working with the national team. So again, in that moment, instead of staying stuck, we continued to push ahead and got something even bigger than what we wanted. So the key is, no matter how stuck you feel, it's about creating that first momentum. And when is the time to strike? When the idea is hot. So in this book, if you've got ideas, if you create that vision and you know where you want to go and you break it down, we chunk it down into tangible action steps you can take today. When is the time to do it? Right now. If you're thinking of launching a business, go register the domain. If you're thinking of writing a book, go write down the title and your outlines straight away because there's a law of diminishing intent. And this states that when the idea is present in your head and you first had the idea, the energy is piping hot. So it's almost like extra hot if we go by the Nando scale. Then within a week, it's mild. Within a month, it's lemon and herb. And this is why people don't actually stick to their New Year's resolutions because they don't go out and take action. And there's a reason we don't take action is because there are barriers to taking action. And the main ones for me is fear. We fear what will people say? What if I can't do it? And fear is a complete delusion. Another barrier is procrastination and distraction. So our brain seeks instant um, you know, dopamine rush, instant happy feeling. So the long tail is hard. It's hard to follow through and do something. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, but I bet you they were laying bricks every hour. Then also people can be a big barrier. We have this great idea for a business and often bless, bless their souls. Mothers, we go and tell our mom and our mom from a place of love is just saying, Oh, my dear, you'll never achieve that dream smaller. And, and they're coming from a place of love. They don't want to see you disappointed, but they're, they're destroying your dreams. So we have to be careful who we share our dreams with. Sometimes it's better just to go out and make your move silently and allow your success to make the noise in future. So I think it's just building this resilience. And once you've built peak performance habits, that's something that no one can ever take away from you. So for me, I know I could lose everything tomorrow. And it wouldn't matter to me because I will restart stronger than I ever have before. Because what you put into your mind is something that someone can never, ever take away from you. You missed out that major barrier to, to, to action. And that is perfectionism. Why is that? Oh, Why did you leave that out? Because that's a big one. It's a huge one. And I think, again, we go back to our childhood and like it, it could have come from such a place of love that our parents wanted us to get good grades or be in the A team or be the best person that we could physically be. However, what that taught us is it planted the seed that we have to be perfect in order to be deserving of love. So perfectionism is less about putting a perfect product into the world. It's more about fear of how people will judge your product once it's put out. And I I use the example of a beta version beta, beta, but you know, iPhone will always come out with a beta software before they come out with the actual software because they need to get to market so fast because it's so competitive. So they would rather put out 
a, a version of their software that still has bugs that they still need to fix and tweak, but at least it's out there. Yeah. And I think every uh, listener on your show, every reader of the book should go, if you've got an idea, it's better to, to put out into the world an idea that is 60% there, then wait for a 100% perfect idea because that will never come. So it's better to, you know, jump jump off the building and finish the wings on the way down than to never jump it. <laughs> but we just don't do that, hey? We just don't. It's the fear. I think in my life, I did so well in property because I was not scared to speak up. So I, I remember meeting uh, the CEO of one of the biggest residential developers in the country. I knew who he was. I hadn't done anything in the property space yet. So I was faking it till I made it. And when I got introduced in a big booming voice, he asked me, he said, so what do you do, young man? And I said, well, I make developers incredibly wealthy. And immediately his interest was piqued. And he said, how do you do that? I said, you give me a shopping list of the perfect piece of land you're looking for with the perfect rights and zoning and what you want to pay, I go scour the market and bring you the best opportunities. And that became my my single biggest client over the last five years. Now, if I doubted myself, if I didn't, if I feared uh, not to speak up, I would never have met that connection. So I, I then went to all the other agents and said, Give me all your land. Send me all your land opportunities. I didn't have to do the work myself, but I was a conduit to getting the work put together. And so it's just that what separates the haves from the have-nots is action. Action is so important, and there's a beautiful stat. Jim Rohn says 10% will, 90% won't. The numbers don't change, only the faces. And every listener of your show, every reader of the book has to choose, am I part of that 10%? We've all got great ideas. But how many people actually translate an idea into action? But when you do, and when you realize that what you see in your mind, you can hold in your hand, it empowers you to take action next time. So this whole discipline, crafting discipline in your life has an effect on every single area. That is powerful. That is so powerful. And I don't think we realize that. And I don't think that, I don't think we realize what power our thoughts have and what power taking action on those thoughts actually have. We're so scared of that. I think the creative life force of the universe lives within us. Like whatever your spiritual belief system is, faith is so important. For each person, it's it's their own reality. But knowing that there is a greater force out there, that your steps are ordered, that you have access to this divine power at any moment. And you, you know, you don't have to do anything in order to be deserving and worthy. By the sheer nature that you woke up this morning, it means that there is a calling and a purpose on your life. And we get frustrated when we're not stepping into that calling. You need to stop believing in you. It's all good looking for validation and affirmation outside of ourselves, but we have to love ourselves first. We need to be our best friends. We need to be our biggest cheerleader. We need to understand that true power comes from within. It doesn't come from outside. It's great to be able to read a book that will plant ideas in your mind, but I'm not here to motivate anyone. You need to motivate yourself. If your vision exciting, if your vision is aligned to who you are, you don't need an external modus of motivation or inspiration. It will come from within. You will wake up before your alarm goes off. You will be excited to take your action steps because if it's truly aligned with your purpose, it will flow and it will be the easiest thing you will ever do in your life. And I think you actually read my mind and we're going to get to it in a minute. But first, we're going to take a very short break before we get back to the point that I want to talk about, which is. The fact that when we have an idea, when we want to create something, when we want to 
take action on the vision that we have, when we want to work on our goals, we first think, where do we go? Who do we look to? What are we going to use to create that? And we don't realize that the first thing we need to do is to look within ourselves because we don't realize what tools we have within ourselves, what resources we have around us immediately that we can use. We actually don't realize what we have at our immediate availability and that's within us. And we don't realize what we have accessible here, now, right now, immediately. And we're going to chat about that in one sec. You are listening to People of the Book. I'm Janice Leibovitz and I'm talking to Devin Ruff. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. This is People of the Book, and today I'm talking to Devin Bruff. We're talking about his book, Get Over It. Over. O-V-A. Ownership, vision, action. Devin, we were talking about how you shouldn't look to everyone else for validation and for help for, you know, the first place you need to look look to is what you have within yourself, what tools you have, what what your strengths are. And we don't realize we have our own strengths. We have the own tools within us, our own tools within us that we can use to empower us and to help us achieve what we want to achieve when we set out to do something. And often we, we, we see, we, we think to ourselves, what can we go and use? What, who can we ask? Where can we go? And we don't realize that the first place we, we need to, to look to is inwards. Why is that? I think a lot of us don't trust ourselves. So we've gotten ourselves into a mess, whether that's uh, a relationship that doesn't serve us or we've been stuck in a specific area. So the narrative is my, my best thinking got me here. So a lot of us don't actually trust our own thinking. And the less we trust our thinking, the more we need the validation and the affirmation from outside of us. But the, the true purpose here is to come back to yourself whenever life feels like it's falling apart whenever you feel lost it's to be present and come back to you because anxiety can only exist when you're thinking about the future sadness can only exist when you're thinking about the past but in the present moment Eckhart Tolle talks about it all the time the present moment is where your power lies and in this present moment everything is absolutely perfect so it's coming back to self is being more present understanding that you have the power within yourself that your your mind is this miraculous powerful tool your conscious and your subconscious mind anything that's ever been created in this world started first as a thought in someone's mind, whether it's a book, a pen, the laptop we're on, Zoom as an application. Somebody had the idea of creating that business or creating that product. So what you see in your mind, you can hold in your hand. And when you realize that you have that power, you become more empowered to make that change yourself. So the key is learning how to trust yourself. And how do we do this? We learn by doing the small things well. and I think as humans, we've become accustomed to disappointing ourselves. We put ourselves into this endless loop that we are useless. So a simple example is we go to bed and we set an alarm. Let's say you set your alarm for 6 a.m. Then the first thing you do as your alarm goes in the morning is you reach over and you hit the snooze button. 
So what you've just done is you've broken a promise to yourself and you've created a loop that I'm useless and I can't show up for myself. So your self-worth begins to drop. Your ability to trust yourself with the big things is not there if you can't even trust yourself with waking up on time. If you can't do the little things in life, how will you be trusted to do the big things? So the way that you start to grow your own personal integrity is by doing what you say you're going to do. And it's not biting off more than you can chew. Because sometimes you'll read a book like Get Over It and you'll go, I'm going to repair the relationship with my mother. I'm going to start gym. I'm going to cut out sugar. I'm going to fix the relationship with this person. So there's so many things that we bite off that it becomes impossible to follow through on them because it's just overwhelming. Instead of going, okay, I don't drink enough water. I'm going to drink five glasses of water every day. And you do that for 21 days. Guess what? It becomes a habit. So you do something long enough, it becomes a habit. It's now an automatic thing that we do. And by the age of 30 years old, 95% of how we think, feel, and act is a subconscious set of automatic programming. And this is why reprogramming your limiting beliefs on a subconscious level is so important. Consciously, we may, I'm going to use an example that everyone will relate to. Maybe consciously, we want an amazing romantic partner. But what if on a subconscious level, I think that men are all cheats? Or what if I think that having a partner will compromise my freedom? So consciously, I want a partner, but on a subconscious level, I'm pushing it away. And often we are disconnected on a conscious and subconscious level. So again, coming back to yourself is all about aligning. You have to align your conscious wants with your subconscious needs and desires as well and with your beliefs and your values. Because let's say you want to run, you craft this vision that you want to run a global organization with um, companies in 50 different countries. But what if one of your values is family time? So now you've got this vision, which will mean jumping on a plane, traveling around the world, but you actually value time with your family more. Can you see how it will be hard to take action towards that vision because it contradicts one of your internal values? So sometimes the reason why we don't show up for ourselves or the reason why we we write down goals, but those goals are not aligned to our values and our beliefs, and it's not really authentic to who we are. Have lots of money, have this car, have this house. That's what society tells us we should have. But what do we really want? Because success for one person could be helping out at a shelter every Saturday and seeing the, the true difference that they can make in other people's lives. Success is not linear. Our definition of what is, um, achievement in life, each one of us has our own reality. And the beautiful thing about being human, we get to choose our own truth. We get to choose what the kind of life that we want to live. And that's what makes us so perfectly imperfect and so wonderful and beautiful as a human species. We all have the power of choice. That's an amazing message, Devin. And unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap this up. I could chat to you for hours and I'm sure that that people could listen to you for hours. Leave us with one brief, 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 like one 10 second message. I know I'm, I'm pushing my, my, my limits here. <laughs> A 10 second message. What would you leave us with? 
for anybody who feels that they are unworthy, undeserving, and not enough, I'm telling you today that you are worthy, you are so deserving, and you are more than enough. You have the power to step into the life of your dreams. All you need is to take radical ownership of where you are, to craft a vision for where you want to be, and connect the two by taking massive action every single day. I promise you, if you follow these three simple steps, in a year, six months' time, you will look back and you will not recognize the life that you see in front of you. And that is how you do an elevator pitch. Devin Braff, it has been an absolute pleasure and privilege chatting to you today. Thank you so, so much for giving me your time. It has just been enlightening and inspiring and motivating. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As I said earlier, how I started the show, Devin's book, Get Over It, is on the exclusive book's refresh list, refresh, refresh, I don't know how they term it, for January 2022. You are going to see it everywhere. You are going to see his name everywhere. You're going to hear him everywhere. So look out for it because this is the book you want to read. Follow him on Instagram because, believe me, these are messages that you need in your life. Just just do it. Just do it. Get over it and do it. So, um, Devin, thank you again. I really do appreciate your time. It's been amazing. And that is a wrap for 2021. I can't actually believe it. Thank you for listening. It's been amazing. You are amazing people of the book. Thank you so much to my suppliers for this year who've kept me supplied with books, exclusive books, Pan Macmillan, Penguin Random House. It's just been an amazing year of reading. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope that you, my listener, have enjoyed it, whether you are staying, whether you are traveling, just be safe wherever you are. Like I always tell you, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Get vaccinated if you are able to. Wear a mask and read 